Thank you. Father's heart. G'day, everybody. How you going? Everybody relaxed and chilled out and listening mode? <laughs> the Father's heart. Father's heart. Here's my definition of our heart. The central and most important part of us. Our deepest desires and longings. The hidden part of us that nobody else sees. The undeniable motivation behind our actions. We say things like, he had a change of heart. That means he's now thinking a different way. We say, now I see her heart. We see a deeper, good motivation in that person. We're looking beyond the superficial. We often want to act a certain way in a given situation, but we act the opposite because of a deep personal need within us that goes beyond just our, our conscious control. Here's my um, definition of a father's heart. And I know, you know, in, in saying a lot of these things, not everybody's had a perfect father. And I think, you know, all fathers struggle, but uh, here's my definition. The primary one is to take responsibility. I think that's a defini definition of a man, 101 really. True father's heart wants to protect. He wants to provide. He wants to, to provide an inheritance, but more than that, he wants to have that inheritance received and taken seriously by his children. He wants to love and be loved by his children. He wants to be respected, trusted, and believed by his family. He wants to have relationship with his children, to have his children as his friend. He wants his children to take him at his word. We want to see our children come, overcome adversity and to show good character. Years ago, I worked on a farm on the Pukati Road and uh, just up in the hills before Okaihau. And this guy's name was Terry and a beautiful wife, Eva. And uh, I, I worked with this guy. He had four daughters. That's nothing to do with the reason why I went to work for him. Um, <laughs> but he, he was a, a great guy, a different guy, useless farmer, terrible farmer. Um, probably one of the worst farmers ever worked for. Um, and we'd be back on the, on the back of the farm, if you know Okaihau Hills there. It's quite an exposed place. And I used to wonder why Terry's eyes used to water, but it was because of the wind going across from the Tasman Sea to the Pacific. It was always quite a windy place, and you got sort of your eyes used to water because of the cold and the temperature dropping. We'd be on the back of the farm fencing or something, and Terry would see the school bus go down the road. And he'd say, Dave, I've got to go. I've got to see my girls. And I thought, you lazy old sod. You know, what, what's, he, what's he doing? You know, there's a young man, just, I was a single young man. I thought, gosh, this guy's lazy. You know, leave me to dig a strainer hole or something like that. Years later, um, I'm married with my own children, and um, his daughters got me to come in and nurse him. His wife, Eva, had died of cancer. He had cancer himself, and uh, so I would go on one day a week, leave my farm, and spend my day with Terry, helping nurse him um, through cancer. And one day, um, I said, Terry, I'm going to pray for you. And so, um, you know, this, this big man, big hands, he bowed his head, and I laid my hands on him and prayed for him. And then when he opened his eyes, you know, he was his tears streaming down his face. And, and it was quite a touching moment, but I could see this man who I thought was lazy and uh, had used his family as an excuse 
to get away from hard work, I saw this man in a different light. I saw this man with a, a passion and a heart for his children that went beyond anything that some smart aleck young man thought about his work ethic. And so that, that, uh, that really impacted me. And it was just the fact that I was growing up within myself that I saw this father heart in a completely different light with children of my own, with the responsibilities. And I saw that um, completely differently. I just want to read you um, a portion of scripture. And this has been um, a very well-known scripture, the prodigal son. A few months ago, um, our pastor, Paul Whitehead, preached a sermon, and uh, he used this, this scripture, and he brought out a point from it that I'd never heard of before um, that affected me, and it relates very much with our subject today. And this is uh, Luke chapter 15, story of the prodigal son. I'm going to read it a bit differently. I'm going to leave out the bit about the younger son and just truck through about the older son, if you let me do that. So this is um, Luke chapter 15, and I'm starting from verse 11. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now instead of waiting until you die. Interesting. Um, so his father divided his wealth between his two sons. Now think about that. He divided his wealth between his two sons right then and there. If we truck through to verse 25, it says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. This is after the period when the prodigal son came back, they had a big party and killed the calf. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother was ba is back, he was told, and your father has killed the calf. You were we were fattening and has prepared a great feast. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I've worked hard for you and never once refused to do a single thing that you told me to. In all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when the son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the finest calf we have. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you and I are very close, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life, and he was lost, and now he was found. I um, have um, four children, and uh, we've been privileged to be able to help um, some of our kids financially, and one of the, one of the boys we helped, um, and he was very grateful and humble in receiving what how we helped him, and he works hard and he goes on with it. Another boy, another one of my sons that we helped, he said to me, "Dad, I have taken record of every single cent you have given me, and I'm going to pay it back." And I know that sounds like a good work ethic and that, but to me it sort of affected my heart a little bit. Because I thought, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're just trying to earn it all. You're trying to do it all yourself. Let us help you. You know, the, it's tough, tough out there. Let us help you. I was interested in, in my, my feeling towards that. I was interested in it. i just just throw that out there with that. Um, my, my dad, uh, he's been dead now going in excess of 33 years, I think. 
and he was a successful businessman. He sat me down, actually, in a, in a sort of a situation like this younger son and the prodigal son. He sat me down one day. I would have been 17, 16, 17, and explained to me about, you know, he'd worked hard all his life. He'd been very successful, and he said, you know, I'm going to help you, boy. Um, you're going to have to prove yourself. I'm going to watch you, and if you end up being lazy and a bum, I'm going to give it all to charity. And that was just, that was just the way he was. And I said, you know, I don't want to wait. Give it, me, give it to me now, you know, give it to me now. And he said, no. And that was just, that was just me. It was a bit different to this, uh, the father in the story. And I'm, I'm just interested in the, in the concept of this older son. And, you know, he was um, close to his father, as the father said. He said to his father, I've obeyed you and everything you've asked me to do. I've worked hard in the family business. But the key thing is, he had not responded to receiving his inheritance from the father. You see that in verse 11 when I read that out, he divided his inheritance between both sons. And yet the, the conversation he had with his father, it was as though he was a peasant. He didn't own anything at all. He had not received that inheritance that he'd been given. That's an interesting thing to look at. And I believe, you know, this would have grieved the father's heart, that he had not responded to his father's heart with regards to receiving his inheritance. I just want to have a look at another scripture, and that's Romans chapter 8. And this is um, Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. What can we say about such wonderful things as this? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since God, God did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us, won't God, who gave us Christ, also give us everything? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? Will God know he has given us right standing with himself? Who then can condemn us? Now that's an, that's an interesting thought. Who then can condemn us? I... Um, one of the interesting things um, that I have experienced is that my dad, um, his business was making toys, and one of his toys became um, quite famous. And that's this. So everybody will recognize this. Um, Buzzy B. So I've got a collection of my dad's toys at home. And um, this is one of the original wooden wing ones. And in um, the mid-1980s, we had um, Prince Charles and Lady Diana come to Kiwiland. And there was a lot of publicity around Prince William playing with one of these on a blanket. At the time, um, I think probably a year after that or some, somewhere around that, about that time, Glenis and I had bought our farm out in Otawa, Hokianga. And um, Dad had collected a whole lot of stuff to bring up to us. And at the time when Lady Di and Charlie were in the country and this publicity came about, there was a media hoo-ha about they wanted to interview my dad and get him on TV and all that, and he just said no. Couldn't be bothered. Because why? He was coming up to see me. He had all the steel on a trailer, and he was coming up to Otawa, Hokianga, to see Dave and Glennis. He couldn't give two hoots about the media. And, you know, that, and 18 months later, he was dead. He was gone. Cancer took him out. He was gone. And I, I, I thought that, that affected my heart 
because I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that that man loved me and he cared about me. He put me before fame or publicity for the business and, and all that. And um, now these things, are, I think they're made in Thailand or Malaysia out of plastic or something like that, but that's the original wooden one. But anyway, that, that, that spoke to me volumes about a father's heart towards his son. And that moved me. And that and my friend Terry um, really affected me. And I felt the Lord brought across my path, men, to teach me what it was like to be a good dad. And from a, um, an ambition point of view, I'm not a competitive or ambitious person. I just wanted to be a good dad. That's all I, I wanted to do. Um, so praise the Lord for that. God's heart is towards us. His heart is towards us. And we can come to church every Sunday. We can keep the commandments. We can serve in church and work hard for the kingdom, just like that older son did. In Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, it says this. This is the prophet speaking God's words. He said, I do not want your sacrifices. I want you to know me. I do not want your sacrifices, your hard works, your efforts. I want you to know me. I want you to know my heart. So we can do all those things and not really know God's heart for us. His heart for us is to receive our inheritance, to know who we are in Christ. I was um, on a fence the other day and I was um, carrying posts up a hill. And I was minding my own business and working hard, as you do. My mind was going crazy in my head with accusations um, from everything from um, the church and leadership and to my marriage and the kids. And my mind's just going crazy inside my head. And, and I'm thinking, no, this is, this is depressing. And then in, inside myself, I heard Sophia in Foundations class um, with Philippians 4.13. And you know, um, God has, the scriptures say God has chosen the simple things to confound the wise. I am one of those simple things, just an ordinary guy. I have my issues, those things before me that I have to overcome. I look at the seemingly overwhelming things that are around me in my thought realm, in my marriage, with my family, with church and everything else. And I think, no way. I can't do this. There's got to be an easier way. I want out. Just being straight up, and this is what was going through my head. But my heavenly Father sees me, and he sees me in Christ. And the Holy Spirit, this is, this is, this is happening on Friday. This is Friday afternoon, carrying post up a, up a stupid hill. And the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart and he says, you can do everything I have asked you to do because Christ is helping you. He is giving you his strength and power. So I spoke out of my mouth those words and I rebuked the powers of darkness and I stirred up the faith of God within myself and I walked on up the hill carrying these fence posts with a bigger spring in my step. <clears throat> and, 
and I think that that is so inherently practical, and 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 that is that is you know that's just me. That's just that's just Dave. And um, like I said, the simple things to confound the wise, and I'm one of those simple things. But praise the Lord that that scripture is true. He takes those simple things and he can turn them around. And really, you know, when we when we look at that scripture in, in Romans eight that says, "Who can condemn?" There's only there's, Satan will condemn every time a coconut, and he will use your mind. He will speak those thoughts and doubts into your mind. And like Ian said last week, we have to be more aggressive, not just sitting there passively getting getting knocked around. You have to be aggressive and stand up against it. And it's as simple as taking a scripture, thinking about it and speaking it out and saying, no, I am going to stand on the scripture. That is the practicality of receiving your inheritance. That's where it's at. And when I did that, you know, I couldn't help thinking that uh, Father God smiled and thought, you go, kid. You know, you do it. And I'm thinking about my boys, you know, receiving inheritance, thinking about me receiving inheritance. And inheritance is not just about money. You know, it's about work ethic. It's about spiritual things. Walking in Christ. My last scripture is from um, Ephesians 4.13. And it says this, Until we all come to the unity of our faith and knowledge of the Son of God, that we will be mature and full grown in the Lord, measuring up to the full stature of Christ. To me... That is the Father's heart desire, to see his children taking up all he has given them. And that's, that's the practicality of it. So I want to launch the series just by putting that out there. That's just the simple truths that uh, the Lord wanted me to share. So if you can just close your eyes, please. Father, I thank you for your heart. I thank you that your, your heart is towards us. Father, I thank you that you chose an action to demonstrate your heart to us. You took a vital, the most vital part of yourself, your son, and you sent him to this crazy planet. And Father, he represented you most accurately, most sincerely in humility. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Father, we, we just want to see Jesus that clearly. And we just open ourselves up to you in that way this morning in the name of Jesus. We thank you for that action of sacrifice. And in a sense, just sort of killing yourself for us and dying for us. Father, I just pray for each one here under the sound of my voice. I just pray for a deeper revelation and understanding of your Father heart towards us. I pray that each of us would grasp the reality and the practicality of taking our inheritance through your word, speaking it out and continuing to speak it out in endurance. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. While your eyes are closed, just if there's anybody here that has never taken up their inheritance 
in terms of taking that first step into knowing Jesus and confessing Jesus as their Lord. If you want to be bold enough just to, just to pump up your hand there if there's anybody here that is in that position. And also, I'd just like to pray up the front here for, for those that have had a bad relationship with their dad and that somehow colours the way they see God as a father. Father, I just rebuke um, those memories of neglect, hurt, abuse, of fathers that did not take responsibility, that did not step up. And I break that off now in the name of Jesus. Break that off now. And for ladies that are here whose husbands are not taking responsibility, I pray hope and grace and peace upon you in, in the name of Jesus as you pray for your men. And, and I just pray for the men, the dads here too. I know we can all be better and I believe it starts from just receiving the Father's heart, that inheritance to be a father that you're called to be. So Father, I pray that gifting of responsibility and stepping up upon us as fathers in the name of Jesus. Father, that as dads, we would, would see the way you love us and care for us, the way Jesus related to people, and just take that on board and step forward and leave the old behind and step into the new. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Awesome. Thank you, people. Peace